Welcome to All Things Wolverines, a Wolverine sports podcast for the people, by the people. Enjoy expert analysis, entertaining discussion, and the pessimism of true Michigan fans. Get ready for All Things Wolverines. Welcome to All Things Wolverines. It is Brandon, Cousin Kyle, and Nate. We are still riding mostly high off the national championship, but there's obviously a lot happening within athletics or a lot not happening with it within athletics at the university of Michigan. But today is a time to uh, reflect and react to the departure of Jim Harbaugh. And we're going to get into some memories here in a little bit as well of Jim Harbaugh, uh, just to kind of celebrate this era. It has been a great era of uh, college football at the university of Michigan. So uh, initial reactions. Um, I, I'm just going to start us. My thought when I think about Jim Harbaugh, the Jim Harbaugh experience is very similar to something that Jim Harbaugh really likes. And that's drinking milk. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's cold. It's kind of weird, but then it, as you finish the gulp, it's very satisfying. Um, and it just hits right at the right time in the right moments. And the Harbaugh experience is like drinking a glass of whole milk. Um, when we think about 15 through 17, uh, his era at Michigan, there was a lot of flash and excitement and uh, the Ric Flair era, you know, tweets. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has some tweets, some absolute zingers, like all time tweets. Recruiting shows, like we've reflected and we've discussed it with each other. Like those were insane. And there were like real people hosting the big names. Like it was absolutely nuts satellite camps. And, and it was kind of like Harbaugh's like I'm back in college football and I am pushing the boundaries of everything, how we do recruiting, how we do camps, how we uh, show up and be around people and, you know, spending the night <laughs> just, bizarre things. He was on the radar. Uh, things kind of, you know, get a little less weird in, in 18 and 19 and then tw 20, uh, 2020 season doesn't happen in multiple ways. Um, but then he bets on himself and he bets on himself on the biggest way possible when he's slighted by ward manual. Um, and basically, you know, told to take a huge pay cut and he bets on himself to get it all back. And it, it works out. And so from 20 to one to 23, it's just, you see this developmental progress of these teams. You see the heart and soul, you see the family, um, you see the 21 team shaking all the bugaboos. You see the 22 team continue to sustain and the 23 team just absolutely unshakable, unbreakable in every way. I cannot wait for the 30 for 30 on Jim Harbaugh's era at the University of Michigan. It absolutely deserves one, you know, to this flash in the pan, speed in space, to uh, we're just going to go back to bully ball and we're going to recruit that way. We're going to play that way. You're going, we're going to uh, overcome every off field obstacle that isn't a crime in the history of college football and just make it happen and have our, you know, head coach only coach a handful of games. And these boys get it done. So uh, the Jim Harbaugh 
experience. It started with me in 2015 in tears when he was announced. And it ended with me in tears uh, winning a national championship. And so my reaction to Jim Harbaugh is, thank you. You did it. And we're very grateful. Cousin Kyle, your reactions to Harbaugh, uh, time, tenure, and departure. I was just asked this yesterday. I was, you know, somebody asked me, like, what what do you think about it? Where are you at with it? And, you know, I, I think especially now about a month, a little bit, about five weeks, or I guess a month removed from the national championship game. Um, I just feel like we, we have to be just sanguine about it. You know, in, in, in 2020, it's no secret that, that a lot of the fan base wanted to get rid of him and uh, move on from him. If he, had, if he had taken an NFL job in 2020, I think a lot of people would have been happy because then we wouldn't have had to fire him and he would have just moved on. And I do want to just point out that I did not feel that way necessarily. I, I, I didn't think we should move on from him, or at least I wasn't convinced that that was the right decision because I didn't think there was anyone better for the job. And um, also, especially now in retrospect, I mean, 2020 just is not a real season in football, right? They weren't even allowed to like practice together. Basically, they were like doing Zoom practices. Uh, and then, you know, and after the 2021 season, there was obviously the flirtation with, with Oakland. He interviewed at Minnesota. Uh, I think the only disappointing thing is that he did say after that Minnesota interview fell through that he was like, I'm not going to do this again. And then he did it again and he, and he left. But um, I, I just, yeah, uh, winning it all this year, plus the the NCAA shenanigans. Like, I, I, I think the writing was on the wall. I think the cheeseburger crap, okay, you, you could see him getting over that. But then the the sign gate and the way that uh, the media reacted, I mean, just so stupid. Just the other day, like even The Athletic had one of their little mailbag articles and uh, the the author, uh, I think it was Stuart Mandel, was like, somebody asked him the question of, of recruiting tampering versus sign gate. And he was like, well, those are different things because sign gate affected play on the field. Like, well, that is just the dumbest take that I have ever heard. You don't think recruits, you don't think stealing a, a recruit from Alabama after Nick Saban leaves or tampering with, you know, a, a, an offensive lineman to go to Iowa. You don't think that affects on the, on the field play. What a asinine take. <laughs> and then, you know, anyway, I, we, we don't need to rehash this, but I just think that, that this, the, the stupidity of all of that, as you look to the NFL, if the NFL is interested in you, why put up with, with the NCAA? Why put up with college football? Which is deeply saddening because we love college football. Like, I certainly prefer college football over the NFL. I like the NFL, but, like, I I mean, I am all in on, on watching, like, every Michigan game uh, in a way that I'm not uh, in terms of the NFL. And so... I just think that the writing was on the wall. He he was going to leave uh, once he won it all, not having to deal with the idiotic bureaucracy and failing institution that is the NCAA, not having to be concerned about the decisions that an 18-year-old is making. 
hundred, you know, dozens of 18 year olds every year. Are, are, and then, then once they're there, is he getting a, a, uh, an illegal offer from a different school to come make, you know, all this money and, and Michigan and our NIL situation is, is, you know, different from, from a lot of our competitors, uh, which makes the national championship special, but maybe also makes it so that it's all the more difficult to, to repeat that. And I think, listen, at the end of the day, he did what he said he was going to do. He returned Michigan to glory. Uh, we've had the three most enjoyable years of Michigan existence, like maybe ever, certainly since fielding Yost, right? Like, I don't think there has ever been Michigan fans that have gotten to enjoy a three-year time period like this one. And so, you know, it's sad to watch him go. It's obviously sad that we don't get to maybe try to do what Georgia has done, which is win multiple championships in a row. Uh, we certainly can compete next year. I'm not saying that that we're going to lose every game by any stretch, but like it's not going to be that that dynastic run like an Alabama, like a Georgia. Uh, and so that is disappointing that, that we don't maybe get to see that. But he deserves another shot at the Lombardi Trophy. And I really appreciate it on, on NF, NFL Championship Sunday a couple of weeks ago. He was interviewed, I think it was on Fox or CBS. And they asked him, like, why did you leave Michigan? And he said, I can't win the Lombardi Trophy at Michigan. And that should make us all feel better about what Michigan did in, in, in its attempt to keep him, which is they couldn't have done anything if that was his ultimate goal is to go win the NFL championship, like to win the Super Bowl, to win the Lombardi Trophy. Can't do that at Michigan. And so if he's admitting that, like if he's openly saying that, just take him at his word, wish him well, tip your cap to him, go rewatch the the the, the last three years, uh, which I plan on doing as soon as the Super Bowl is over and because God knows we're not going to watch basketball. So like, <laughs> so just go enjoy, enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, appreciate your time. And, you know, if you need to take a moment every now and then, put on Sarah McLaughlin's I Will Remember You while you watch those highlights. No shame. No one's judging you. We get it. But, yeah, that, that's, what I, that's what I feel about it. Yeah, you just need to, on your iPhone, uh, have, like, a bunch of photos of Jim Harbaugh. And they, you know how they make those, like, little, little slideshows <laughs> for you and just have Sarah McLaughlin right. just hit it. Yeah, it's just... Remember, remember when we're seven and five this year <laughs> that we won the national championship and that is very cool and it is absolutely fantastic. And we, none of us are wearing hats right now, but we are all tipping our caps as Kyle, cousin Kyle said to Jim Harbaugh and his run at the university of Michigan, Nate, uh, reactions of the beauty, the turmoil, the tenure of Jim Harbaugh. Oh man, Kyle, Brandon, well done. I think there's a lot to sum up here, right? It's nine years. Listen, the greatest sitcom of all time is nine years, Seinfeld. I mean, there's a there's a greatness to nine. Uh, there's a completion to nine. It took him longer than I think a lot of us thought because we are irrational as a fan base. Kyle had mentioned 2020. No one was thinking clearly in 2020. Think about how everything was aggressive one way or the other in 2020. Everyone had strong opinions. No one was in the middle, right? So, yeah, 
erased that year. It's uh, it's it's foolish. Um, look at the the entire tenure. But yeah, I mean, going forty and three to finish off the last three years is wild. Forty wins in three years, only three losses. One of which was quarterbacked by Cade. Um, so anyway, not to throw shade at Cade. We appreciate what he did. Um, but yeah, it was just a different quarterback, right? I have to reflect back to where we were before Harbaugh came back because I feel like we're all forgetting or it seems like a lot of people, according to Twitter, I never want to let myself. And I know you both have warned about this. Don't forget how bad things were. Um, and uh, I think that's helpful with gratitude in the current state, right? I remember in 2014, my wife and I were given tickets from a friend. My wife is a conditional Notre Dame fan. And uh, they gave us tickets to the Michigan Notre Dame game in 2014. Now remember this was supposed to be the final game. Uh, Swarbrick handed over an envelope that said we're done with this series because they wanted to maintain their relationship with Purdue. And uh, so what they did was they played that game. I was there in my Adidas Michigan football t-shirt uh, sitting in the stands at Notre Dame Stadium. Only the real a, ones, only the real ones where the Adidas Michigan stuff still. You know, it was a broken, it was a broken time for us in the program, right? The maze that was the color of a highlighter, it was just bad, bad football, bad uniforms, bad organization, really, altogether. And that's where we were. But we were committed because we're Michigan people. And uh <laughs> I knew we were gonna get pummeled. Uh, and we lost 31 to nothing, but not to a great Notre Dame team. That team was eight and five. And the Michigan team that we were miraculously made it to five wins, which included losing to both Rutgers and Maryland. That's where we were. That's how broken we were. Devion Smith and Derek Green combined in that game, 20 carries for 55 yards. A broken Devin Gardner threw three interceptions because, of course, he didn't trust anyone that was supposed to block for him. Hoke and Rich Rodriguez combined for the worst offensive line recruiting I've ever seen. And that's where the program was. Fortunately for us, Trent Baalke was the general manager of the 49ers. And fortunately for us, Jim Harbaugh's a wild card. You never know. Uh, as as we just were reflecting with both of you and your reflections of, of, we don't know what he's thinking. He doesn't know what he's thinking. And fortunately for us, he committed to the longest tenured coaching experience he's had. And I think we all need to appreciate that as well. He was here for nine years. He's not been anywhere close to that anywhere else he's been. Um, he was hired a few months after hope was invisible for Michigan fans. Uh, the press conference day was like seeing a childhood friend, uh, after 20 years, it was just immaculate. And, uh, it was, you know, we all asked the question, is this what it's like to be happy again? Um, <laughs> he gave us the best years of certainty of our lifetime. Um, you know, at the time when Ohio state was the greatest we've ever seen them be right. Yeah. It was ridiculous, the run that they had. It's like, I know, Brandon, you're a Packers fan. We talk about how much of a joke it is that you walked from Brett Favre right into Aaron Rodgers, and for the love of God, Jordan Love's looking like it too. And it's just like, are you ever going to have a bad quarterback in here? <laughs> you know, that's kind of the way it is for Ohio State as coaches. It was just like, yeah. really? Irvin Meyer, Jim Tressel, 10 and a half, 11 wins a year, guaranteed. Um, and Jim Harbaugh went right into that with, again, not really a whole lot in the chamber. And... Uh, he made the worst of Michigan fans, you know, think he wants to get canned in 2020 and he stayed through it. He's about Michigan. Uh, and you know, as I reflect on it and I think about the joy that he provided for us, especially the last three years, uh, the commitment that he had, uh, getting continuously good coaches, great recruits, great players. Um, you felt like at the end, he really found himself. Um, 
you felt like there was a different man walking out of there than there was walking in. Um, like you said, everything was grandiose and at the top, you know, this signing of the stars, the satellite camps, you know, he's always going to upset the apple cart, but this time it was different. He was, uh, he put his players in front of the microphones, you know, at the end, he would say, I love you to people at the end. He was just, I don't know. It's uncle Jimmy, man. And uh, it was a, a family member is the way it feels. And he'll always feel that way to me. I'm zero amount offended by him going to the NFL. He's a competitor. Why would he not want to do that? We knew that was a possibility. And I said, if he ever won a national championship, he can do whatever the heck he wants. He doesn't know us a thing. If he beat Ohio State once, for crying out loud, he can do whatever he wants. And uh, he did it three times. And so, you know, here we are. Just want to thank Coach. We miss you. Well, we owe you, you us, you owe us nothing, but go be great. Get that Lombardi trophy, bring it back to the Michigan big house. And we look forward to celebrating with you. Go chargers, I suppose. But, uh, those are my reflections. It was a great nine year run. Like you said, probably the best coach definitely with that could be of our lifetime. Um, it's going to be hard to overtake that, but, uh, the memories are great. I think we just need to take time and reflect on it. And I'm glad we waited a little bit before we did this so that we could bask in it. And I know things are a little unknown right now, but that it's always unknown. You never know what's going to come out of the, the portal off season, whatever. But uh, I think just being grateful and looking at it for what it is, it's good to pause, do this. I'm, this was the, uh, the best run. And I'm glad we got to, again, talk about this together with you guys and uh, reflect on it um, combined. Cause there's things I forget until you bring something up, but yeah, I don't know if we'll ever have that much joy within the team again, but I think what he did was, you know, he set up as best as he could to leave us um, with some talented players, some good foundation, and I think that's all you can ever ask for, especially in today's age of the confusion that is college football. So thanks, Coach. We appreciate you, and we're rooting for you. Yeah, I think there's such a good point in that. The unknown that we walk into now is truly unknown because a lot of college football programs haven't had this issue where they win a national championship and then their head coach uh, is desired to be employed elsewhere, you know, uh, in the NFL. That that doesn't really happen. And so it's a much different unknown than a five and seven or a, a seven and five unknown um, coming off a Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl loss or something like that. This is a very different territory for sure and uh, we never had to really worry about that under Brady Hoke or Rich Rodriguez so here we are thank you coach Harbaugh we love you forever go win a Lombardi quickly and then come back and just coach the quarterbacks at Michigan and bring your brother John that'd be a good time all right here we are we are going to uh, each approach this in our own way but uh, five Harbaugh memories the Harbs mems and we're going to each do our countdown from number five to number one. Um, there might be a little bit of overlap, but we're comfortable with that because there's not going to be too much. Um, and so we just want to share in as a community of this podcast uh, and hope it kind of helps you reflect about the good times, the funny times, the silly times, uh, all the good all the good things from the Harbaugh era. Uh, Cousin Kyle, why don't you start us at number five? What's your number five Harbaugh era uh, memory. Yeah, I think coming in at number five, the press conference uh, to introduce him. I've said it before. 
I mean, I have a distinct memory of sitting on my couch, uh, crying. I'm pretty sure my wife took a picture of it to like laugh at me and like send it to family members and be like, look at this ridiculous human. And I just, I remember him like walking up to the podium and he kind of like tripped. And when he got up there, he said a lesser athlete would have fallen there. And, yes. Yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> and just like the, the feeling of homecoming. It's like what, Nate, I mean, man, what Nate just said is so good, right? It's like when he was introduced you, it's like you, you got to see a friend that you hadn't seen in, in such a long time and, and it just felt right. It's like your relationship just picked up right where it had left off. And uh, I know, it, you know maybe it's a little silly, but like I had visions of what Harbaugh would do at Michigan and he delivered. As Nate said before, maybe it took a little bit longer than we thought. There was a little bit more struggle there than I think we would have um, anticipated for sure. But it's really nice to just have your optimism rewarded that, you know, in, 20, in the December of 2014 or January 2015, whatever it was, like, that you could be sitting there. And if you had told us, like, hey, you know, at the end of this run, it's going to be nine years. You're going to get one national championship, three Big Ten championships, uh, and you'll have beat Ohio State, you know, three times. I think that's the only one we would have been disappointed in. Uh, but the the Big Ten titles and the and the national championship for sure, you've been like, yep, I'll take that a uh, hundred times out of a hundred. So that was that was my fifth memory, top five. Well, and I think it, you mentioned it too. Twenty sixteen, we are JT was short call away yep. from being there that year. Yeah, you know yeah, that, that team was that team was good. Um, so it was like, man, on track right away, like right away year, you know, um, so anyways, it's, uh, fantastic. I love it. I love that press conference. I'm so glad you brought that one up. Nate, number five, Harbaugh memories. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure we're not the only group of guys that are rewatching all these games, right? <laughs> I can't imagine. Certainly so not. Good- Certainly not. Right. <laughs> Certainly, we're not the only ones that uh, would cry at pride, cry at press conferences and watch old clips of films. Um, no, I, I distinctly have a image of the game against Northwestern in 2015, when, like I mentioned, being at the Notre Dame game and they're shouting "na na na na," hey hey goodbye, and I knew it wasn't a Notre Dame good team. I mean, it was so bad. Like Hoke was known for defense, and their defense was gone. You know, so having the defense back that finished off a three shutout experience in a row with the brand new defense, a brand new momentum and a brand new attitude that Harbaugh brought. Um, Two of those teams were ranked BYU and Northwestern. Northwestern was killing people with their defense and the opening kickoff. Yahoo chest on runs and uh, gets a touchdown. And then we just bleed out the game. But I mean, it was a 38 to nothing game, 20 seconds left. Northwestern has the ball down 38, nothing. No fans have left the the stadium. I was there. You were there. So I'm getting chills talking about it right now, just on the to the television. I felt the experience and the weight of all the fans, just frustration for over a decade was being poured onto that field as the defense was not going to give up uh, as Joe, as uh, Kyle calls it, Joe Tiller special, uh, end of the game, touchdown, field goal, whatever sadness that uh, 
Big Ten opponents like to do against us at the end. Um, but they just kept chanting defense until they stopped them and they did a shutout three games in a row. And those Michigan players deserve the shutout, uh, just like they deserve the shutout the year before against Notre Dame. Uh, they had pride again, and you felt it. And I was so happy because I knew things are very different now. <laughs> and until that point, you were like, oh, oh, we're, we're actually good again. We knew 2011 was fool's gold. Denard was amazing. There's nothing against that team, but we did not have leadership, right? We know that. We have good people in the room, talented guys. They worked their butts off. But now we had talent. We had a plan. We have leadership. And we have someone who schematically and athletically and development-wise knows ball more than anyone else Michigan football has maybe ever had since the first generation of Michigan football. And so having that back in Michigan Stadium as an adult, was just so fun and watching that fan base. I mean, and even Matt Millen was just like, Every, okay, everyone needs to stop. Like they shut down, like talking on the broadcast. They were like, we have to watch this. It was just really fun. I love that. That was the first year of uh, Harbaugh's reign. And it was a fond memory for me. Number five for me. Well, number five for me, uh, fast forwards towards the end of the Harbaugh era at Michigan. And it's the 2023 Big championship trophy presentation. Classic Harbaugh finds a way to honor others, yet slight petite at the same time. Did he shake his hand uh, before the cameras were on it? Yes, he did, because he's Jim Harbaugh. But he was going to do it his way. And he had, one, he honored Zach Zinter, who obviously had the gruesome injury against Ohio state. So really cool for him to receive the trophy, but also it made a statement. It also made a statement and uh, I love it because Harbaugh, uh, whether you like it or not, he does it on his terms. And how many times have you seen somebody at a trophy presentation of that significance uh, dictate the terms of how this is going to happen. And uh, I just love that about him because as, as a fan, you're like, yep, the Big Ten deserves that. And also Zach Zinner, what a cool moment for him at the same time. Um, I mean, I, I know people are like, well, it's just a conference change. We only won that the last three years. Like, that's awesome. Uh, winning a, your conference championship shares a lot of things. It tells you a story about defeating your rival. It tells you a story about a path to the playoff and all those things and being the best in your conference, which is typically, you know, has some very good teams in it. So anyways, love that. That was number five for me. All right, number four, Cousin Kyle, what do you have for us at number four of your Harbaugh memes? For me, it is the Big Ten Media Days in July of 2021. And he basically said, we're either going to beat Ohio State or we're going to die trying. And I feel like this was the summer where most, again, most fans had given up. And I was certainly in a, in a bad place. Um, I, <laughs> my wife, you know, in 2020 was like, why do you keep doing this to yourself? And I didn't have a great answer in all honesty. And so I kind of made this agreement with her that I would like record the games instead of watching them live. And I would like devote myself to, to more family time. Cause you know, I was in, a, in an unhealthy place with that and like was letting it, letting the bad 
affect my life too much. And so, uh, anyway, like it felt worse. It, it was the a similar feeling to what we feel about basketball right now, but worse because it's like, if Jim couldn't make it work here, no one was going to make it work here. And, um, it was just a comment, but I think it revealed the program cultural shift towards, you know, to be the best, we have to obsess like the best and and on the best. And Ohio State obviously was the the cream of the crop of, of our conference. Like they, you know, what Urban Meyer had built there uh, and Trestle before that, like they, they were the premier program of the Big Ten. And so I think Jim came in maybe a little too NFL-like. Not that he didn't get the rivalry, obviously did. He played here. He, he was a quarterback. He beat him. But like, I, I still think that in the NFL, rivalries just aren't, they're not the same thing as they are in college football. And so I think he really had to like abandon that maybe NFL mindset and just go full hate mode. And And I think we did. And obviously we've won the last three years and they have been just tremendously satisfying years. Mm. Absolutely. And they have been tremendously satisfying in every way. Nate, number four, Harbaugh memories. Well, Harbaugh memories, I mean, it's it's really highlighting a player that represents what Harbaugh did in recruitment and development. Um, the Jabril Peppers experience in 2016, if you remember Don Brown coming over and us watching an athlete that no one has seen before, we've certainly had Charles Woodson, who's the goat, right? But, um, you know, Jabril was a, a slash player. He was not a linebacker. He was not a safety. He was not a cornerback. He was just a, a ball player. And uh, what he did in the Viper role in the Don Brown defense was something none of us had ever seen. And the fact that you have a guy who comes in, thankfully, um, commits to the school, Brady Hoke, um, but also, you know, thankfully was not at the time where the transfer portal and NIL was completely spiked and the opportunity for him after going five wins with Brady Hoke and the offers that Jabril Peppers could have gotten from other schools to jump ship fortunately did not happen, which gave us the opportunity to watch a guy not only use him on defense, but put a football player on the football field in a multitude of ways to highlight an opportunity to show what this guy can do both on offense and defense and special teams. And because you have a coach that's not trying to limit the athleticism of your greatest player, Jim Harbaugh, we were blessed to watch multiple guys like this, Donovan Peoples Jones, Mikey Sainer still uh, a bunch of different guys that you're just like, Oh, he's going to get the best, the best players on the field to give the team a chance. And uh, man, being able to watch guys like Jabril Peppers, I think just represents the greater arc of what Jim Harbaugh does, which is like, I'm going to put the best possible player in a position to help the team be the best that we can. And uh, I think that's just exactly who he is. He is very intentional with those moves. And um, I think Jabril, more than any other player during the time, represented that most. My goodness, Jabril. I mean... The excitement of Jabril to change a game, to make you stand to your feet, unbelievable. On offense or, or defense, return game, I mean, all of it was uh, incredible. My number four, uh, taking us back to uh, November of 2015, uh, Harbaugh reveals his diet plan. And I think this just, 
you know, there's so much coach speak in college sports. When you started hearing him talk, like, this is how I view life and this is how I view football. And I'm going to, you know, uh, multiply this way of life and thinking to other people and to this program. I think it was, I know they were sometimes just silly headlines, but you actually got to know the guy and everyone who's like, knows they're like, yeah, he's a weird guy, but he knows who he is and he's not afraid of that. And he embraces it. Uh, I take a vitamin every day. It's called a steak. He said, I truly believe the number one natural steroid is sleep. And the number two natural steroid is milk, whole milk. Three would be water. Four would be steak. It goes with everything. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? But, but I think at the same time, it showed parents in the recruiting side, like, this is a real guy. This is a guy who's kind of maybe has some similar thoughts that we have. Like, let's get back to eight hours of sleep and milk and eating some steak and being healthy and, you know, forget all this other new age. Like, let's just get back to old school, traditional stuff, whatever. I think parents wanted that for their kids. And I think kids want, you know, an adult fatherly type figure. And I think where we saw Harbaugh grow into that role is realizing the relational side and letting that come out more and more during his time and tenure there. But I just like, I just remember that's the kind of stuff I, I remember. Like he drinks milk, he eats steak. This is what Jim Harbaugh is all about. Let's go, let's go, uh, let's go put, six or seven offensive line in the game and see what happens. You know, that's Jim Harbaugh. So it says a lot about who he is recruiting the program approach to life and to football, which I, which I appreciated. All right. Number three, cousin Kyle Harbaugh memory. Um, so this is from, I mean, kind of like Nate, like um, it's not with Jim specifically because Jim was, at the last second suspended and at the end of the Penn state game this year, um, obviously Sharon Moore had a lot of emotions about a lot of different things. I'm not saying that this was entirely about Jim Harbaugh, but I think that, you know, when Sharon kind of broke down and was crying after uh, winning at Penn state, I think, I do think a big part of it was uh, the, the leadership and, and the feelings that, that he had for Jim Harbaugh. And kind of what Brandon was saying there at the end, like everyone knows that that Harbaugh is weird and intense and that he like genuinely thinks the only thing you you not the only thing you should care about, but like if, if you're going to be in football and if you love football, like that is motivation enough for you to always be giving it like a hundred and ten percent. And um, you know, I think he doesn't last long at, at other places. He seems to burn people out. Uh, but I think he changed enough, right? That guys like Sharon not only have stuck around, like he stuck around, I think, for five, six seasons, uh, but that he felt that kind of loyalty to him. And I think it, it also speaks to great leadership when you can raise up other people to be leaders. And at the beginning of the season to highlight, I'm going to, you know, there's this dumb suspension. What am I going to do? I'm going to highlight my assistants who I want them all to go off and have head coaching jobs someday. So I'm going to give Mike Card an opportunity. And I'm going to give Jesse Miller an opportunity. I'm going to give Sharon an opportunity. Um, 
I'm going to make sure that that they have <clears throat> this this platform in which others can see how great they are. You know, in 2021, <laughs> he put up um, Josh Gaddis for the Broyles Award. Award. I think a lot of Michigan fans, especially now, are kind of like, huh, that, 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 that's a choice. But I, I genuinely, I think that was genuine on Jim's part, right? Like it, it wasn't anything other than I think he is a good football coach and I want to highlight the work that he does. And you look at his coaching tree now with Jed at Washington, Mike McDonald now out in Seattle, Jesse Minner following him to, to Los Angeles. He'll be a head coach someday. Sharon is obviously taking over for him at Michigan. Uh, he's just done a fantastic job of, of leadership. And I think, again, Sharon and his emotional reaction after that game was a, was a good insight in, in, in a way that we don't normally get into how people actually feel about him. Absolutely. It's amazing how quickly that tree has grown into significant places very quickly. Not like, oh, they, you know, seven years down the road, it's like, boom, right now, these things are happening big time, big time roles. All right, Nate, number three, uh, Harbaugh memory. Yeah, I guess most of mine are just related to the the, the team that he put on the field. So uh, experience I was able to, there's something about being there that makes the memory last a bit longer, right? So Brandon, I was able to go with you uh, very last minute randomly to the Big Ten Championship, uh, the first one, <laughs> first of three, that's fun to say. And uh, yeah, we uh, beat Iowa. And Iowa's always a team for us, especially at Kinnick, that has just ruined vibes, man. Like they just ruin your plan. They are always solid defensively. They're always solid special teams wise. Offensively, they try not to screw up. Fortunately for us, Spencer Petrus exists. Also, fortunately for us, we had great coaching. And so being able to be there, the will of Michigan was completely imposed. Um, and the, the started with the, the halfback pass from Donovan Edwards to Roman Wilson, the long run by Corum where JJ McCarthy's running up the sideline gets a key block. Um, the one handed catch by Eric all the ability to be relaxed in the big 10 championship game by the third quarter against Iowa. Um, just so fun. Cause I mean, just a two score lead on Iowa is, is like 50 points. But uh, we were winning by more than that. And, man, it was fun. It was like the the culmination of the pain, like I said earlier, of the 2015 game, where like, oh, we're good finally again. This was finally we're Big Ten champs, sole Big Ten champs. We're not sharing it with anybody. We made it to Indianapolis. We were painfully watching everyone else win these stupid, you know, legends versus leaders division and East and West. And here's Ohio State playing Northwestern again. And finally, it was our freaking turn, and we won. It was great. And I remember thinking, if this is as good as it gets, I am fine. But little did I know, two more years of that was uh, just as just as wonderful. Uh, so yeah, that was my number three. Yeah, that was it. Was like a 80 20, uh, 80 percent Michigan fans, twenty percent Iowa fans. Iowa fans were the nicest people ever. They're like. Yeah, you guys are going to crush us. It's just cool to be here, you know? And uh, we're like, this is our first time here. Like, we're enjoying it too. And it was just a laugh and a fun in the third and fourth quarter once we broke the game open. It was just a party. It was enjoyable. It was a blast. And we saw some incredible moments and 
the, the fans were engaged the whole time, which was really special for me. Number three, um, kind of a combo on field, off field one, obviously, uh, Zach center goes down against Ohio state. Uh, it's a close game and seeing coming back from commercial, uh, the big house, just, uh, cheering Zach's name, seeing how the coaches, uh, the players, you know, were like stunned, but then you just see these things like that. You can tell somebody put them in there somewhere for these guys. And, you know, Blake Corum <laughs> right afterwards breaks off that huge run with the perfect, uh, perfect, perfect Blake jump cut that we've seen time and time again. And the best moment ever. But unbeknownst to us, uh, before the game was even over, and this is like the thing for a head football coach is, you know, obviously Harbaugh was not coaching on the sidelines in this game, was not able to be there. Um, what it says about a human being that when the most important thing in your career is this game, that you leave even watching that to go be with Zach and his family right away. I think just is people can say whatever they want about Jim Harbaugh. Not a lot of guys are doing that. <laughs> they might show up later or the next day. He leaves what he's doing and he's just there with his guy. And uh, that's real, you know, like that's to be there with his family, his parents. Um, yeah, that stood out to me as just a beautiful moment. And, you know, combining that with such an incredible run by Blake, doing it right after Zinner gets injured, all of that kind of combined. It was just like, yeah, this is what the Harbaugh era was really all about. All right, number two, Cousin Kyle, get us in on number two, Harbaugh memories. Number two is also coming from the year 2021. The insult heard around the world when Jim said that some people are born on third base and think that they hit a triple. And I think it's important to say that, you know, Jim Harbaugh was not saying that, that Ryan day was a bad coach by any stretch of the imagination, right? Like he's, he's a good coach. Uh, I think that, I think Jim thinks that, but the uh, attitude emanating from Columbus was maybe is, is one of entitlement that Michigan had the, the audacity to win. So much so that third base decided to call his brother and his PI firm and, you know, plant some evidence and, and cook up this this PR story of, of really nothingness to try and justify uh, why he could have possibly lost to Michigan two times in a row. I think it was very telling. So in some ways, yeah, you. I mean, I know Ohio State fans are, are now trying to use that on Sharon Moore and be like, oh, you know, well, He's on third base too. Maybe he is, right? That's fine. But I don't think Sharon Moore thinks that he hit a triple. In fact, when he gave us his opening press conference, he said, I'm going to approach this job like I'm still a, a grad assistant, right? So like, uh, I think, again, it was it was very telling about how the, the feelings, the narrative, the cultures had shifted in the rivalry that, um, that Ryan Day is born on third base and thinks that he hit a triple. And, uh, yeah, so I, I loved it. I, 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 it's, that's been living rent free in the rivalry for the last couple of years. 
Well, and if only Ohio State ever had a season where they had an interim coach unexpectedly where they had to play Michigan. Oh, we did experience that. Um, we know how that went. And we had an interim coach uh, for that game. And uh, and he took it to a top three team in the country. So little different, little different. I love it. I love it. Nate, number two, Harbaugh memories. Sure. Let's keep with the theme of Ohio State. Uh, I think that's a fun place to exist. Uh, so, yeah, 2021. That snow game that uh, Ohio State thinks uh, a dome moving forward is a, a healthy alternative for the rivalry uh, to play indoors because they are inside cats. And so what we experienced in the 2021 game uh, was just elated uh, as fans, right? We finally conquered Ohio State. We ran the ball down their throats. Hassan Haskins, five touchdowns. Aiden, three sacks. The O-Ja-Bo call by Gus Johnson. Um, My gosh, everything worked. Everything worked. Um, And it was just a, a great game. It was everything we wanted. And so... I remember that day because Kyle and I um, both were uh, told to go to this experience in the town I live where Santa Claus comes and goes down Main Street and lights the Christmas tree. And uh, Kyle and I were both texting each other as in, are you going? Because we both were trying to obviously get out of it because we had finally experienced beating Ohio State in a year that there were no excuses in a year where we lost to Michigan state and thought this isn't going to happen because we lost to Sparty again. Here we go. That narrative was still percolating in our heads of like, we can't ever beat our big rivals when they're good. And uh, it ended and I didn't want to go away from the TV screen. Neither did Kyle, uh, neither did any of us. Um, give me all of this on repeat. I will watch this until three in the morning. Pretty sure I did. And so that game was just everything. Um, and I think at that time we had inferior talent to them. Uh, I think moving forward to the next year in 2023, we had better talent than they did. But I certainly think in 2021, I love Vincent Gray. I love what he gave us. But he was clearly <laughs> not the cornerback. I mean, not an NFL roster, right? But now we've got guys all over the place that are NFL roster. And uh, the fact that we did that with with lesser talented players but bigger hearts, better schemes, better coaching. As Kyle said, born on third base doesn't mean you're a bad coach, but you're not as good of a coach as Harbaugh is. And I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry. And I really enjoyed 2021 in the Snow Bowl, celebrating going to the Big Ten Championship. And what a day that was. That's my second favorite memory. Mm. Number two for me uh, was Harbaugh's last uh, official moment on record uh, as the head coach at the University of Michigan. Uh, first of all, uh, two things. One, when he says, pull it down, we did that. Awesome. And then into the celebration at Chrysler, Harbaugh mentions the Bible. And then he goes on to orate from the pages of a none other than William Shakespeare and his epic Henry V. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgotten but he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names familiar in his mouth as household words. J.J. McCarthy, the MVP, Corum and Sanders still, Keegan and Zinter, Jenkins and Barrett, in their flowing cups, freshly remembered, 
in this story, the good man should teach his son. And uh, that was just awesome. All time, classic Harbaugh. We have scripture. We have Shakespeare honoring his dudes, uh, giving them their props. Uh, Remember that forever. One of my favorite moments. All right. And now we're it to it. Number one, uh, Harbaugh memories. Uh, Cousin Kyle, what's number one for you? Ooh, I don't even know if I can continue after that, Brandon. I mean, gosh, that was oh, that was so good. Yeah, I'm just going to cheat. I'm going to say the last three years uh, because especially 2023, uh, it's already been said, right? It's the best run in Michigan history. Uh, they've been so they, they, they've been such satisfying years. And all his little quirks, all Harbaugh's little quirks are forever endearing to us because he went 40 and three with arguably the the, the two biggest victories in, in Michigan history happening in back-to-back games, maybe even the three biggest victories within a four-game span. And uh, he ended an entire era of college football, right? We, we, we've talked about this. Uh, we get to go out smiling because we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what college football is going to look like going forward. It's it's professionalizing at a rapid rate. You have a expanded playoff. Uh, you're going to have players, I think, unionize and 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 hopefully make more money. I mean, that that's a good thing. But but I'm just saying, like, this is the end of, of college football as we know it. My son uh, has come of age at a time when he gets to not just witness it, but like really understand it and enjoy it and celebrate that. Uh, he's at an age where he knows nothing but winning, which uh, is not going to last, obviously. But but what a what a beautiful, innocent time uh, for him to to get to exist. And yeah, we're going to face hardship in the future, but right now. We, we just get to enjoy this. And, and Jim Harbaugh has given us as fans something that we didn't know if we would ever get to again. Um, and as adults, like we were all kids ourselves the last time Michigan won a national championship. And just being an adult and experiencing uh, all the things we've experienced over the course of the last couple of decades, uh, again, just, just so satisfying, so meaningful. Sports are probably too important to us, but they are. And yeah, it, it's just been a beautiful run and I'm, I'm just forever thankful for it. That's mm. good. All right, Nate, what's your number one Harbaugh? Memory? Oh, merciful heavens. All these feelings boys. Um, yeah, it's just been great, man. The Rose bowl for me was bigger than the national championship, which is so weird, but there was something about, we were able to be out of the drama and watch a game against the greatest coach in college football history against a program that is renowned as one of the greatest in college football consistently. And we were able just to play a football game. Alabama didn't seem to make much of all the crap that had been thrown at Michigan. All They were just Saban's too. He's too good of a coach for that. He wasn't going to make the narrative of like, well, sign stealing. We're like, blah, blah, blah. It was, we were free of that. And we were able just to watch a game, enjoy it, and uh, you know what happened. There's no need to sum up the game, right? But I remember, here's more tears, crying after the game. My wife looks at me and was like, are you in tears? And I said, absolutely I am. This is so much to me. And only because I know what those young people went through, those coaches went through. And there's something about accomplishing a goal um, and, and, and everyone calling you terrible people, cheaters. 
uh, questioning your integrity and in doing so, but you know the truth. And I, that's, there's something beautiful about that. I was with my three favorite people that day. I was with my wife, who was incredibly more stressed out than me during the game. My son, who is the complete uh, challenger in our family and uh, was cheering for the red team, as he says, because he likes to challenge the status quo. And uh, he's going to make a great coach someday because he he questions things uh, as they exist. I think that's a high quality for him. He eventually rooted for Michigan, but he liked to say go red team just to spite me. Um, my daughter uh, was sitting on my lap and just kept cheering, go Michigan, in her cute little innocent voice. And uh, when Mikey and the defense stuffed the Crimson Tide, a team who got their name running uh, by as heavy as they do as a pack of elephants, it's Crimson Tide, that's how they got their name. They tried to do that against us, and that's the worst possible thing you can do against the best defensive front in college football. We were Rose Bowl champs. I had zero doubt that no matter if it was Washington or Texas that we were going to lose that game, in spite of my immediacy in the, in the game, complaining and worrying, right? That's what we do. But... Harbaugh got his guys. We saw the culmination of that. He coached his guys. He developed his guys. He loved his guys. He did what he promised he would do. He came here, and he gave it all for the maize and blue. And uh, that's my favorite memory that I will keep forever for myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I've got to give a quick 20-second honorable mention shout-out to Jim and Jack Harbaugh attending a live taping of Judge Judy in 2015, as well as meeting the Pope. Who who can coordinate meeting the Pope? <laughs> that is insane. But in 2020, uh, where this all began, this switch, August 6, 2020. Kyle's referenced this this uh this kind of interaction here, but during a conference call amongst Big Ten coaches. Harbaugh reportedly, allegedly interrupted Ohio State coach Ryan Day and asked him in front of everybody about a photo that showed then-assistant coach Al Washington coaching linebackers during a time on the calendar when it wasn't permitted. Ryan Day reportedly responded by telling Harbaugh to worry about his own team, and after the call, Bucknuts uh, coach reportedly told his team that Michigan should hope for a mercy rule because they're going to hang 100 on them. Obviously the game doesn't happen in 2020, but in 21, 22 and 23, we know what happened. And after the victory on uh, in 2021 at the press conference where Michigan won 42 to 27, Harbaugh wasted no time when asked in his post game press conference, what he thought of Ohio state's trash talking in recent years. And he replies, sometimes there are people standing on third base that think they hit a triple in a press conference after beating a rival. And then after on 97 won the ticket, he explained that it was indeed a shot at Ryan Day. He goes, yeah, it was definitely a counterpunch by me to the comment that they were going to hang 100 on us, etc." Harbaugh said on the radio, kind of like Sugar Ray Robinson. And all we've done since that time is beat Ohio State three times in a row, win a national championship, and enjoy this great, amazing era of Jim Harbaugh football, which all started and in instigating. And I mean, just think of the headlines. If you need anything else for a rival, you're doing it wrong. But somehow Jimmy produces this stuff anyways. 
and then he comes out in the public and then he backs it up every single time, uh, which I absolutely love. So that's my favorite memory because of what it catalyzed and just the wave in the era and the bookends of this whole uh, 21, 22 and 23 seasons. So Jim Harbaugh, we love you. We know you're an avid listener. We just know it. And we, uh, we thank you for all that you've done and the great memories with our kids and watching the games and um, super fun to be uh, a Michigan Wolverine football fan for life. All right. We will catch you next time on all things Wolverines. Thanks as always for tuning in. We'll see you next time.